Welcome back to 24's podcast, best video gaming sports podcast on the entire internet. What a surprise, I'm back. Oh boy, we're in for a uh, <clears throat> a random podcast that I didn't really prep for at all. Pause the music. I technically did, but essentially I made, like, I'm trying to make, like, I, like, I had a lot of material, okay? But it's like, the last couple of days, Tuesday's podcast... Monday's podcast they've both been like hour and a half long I got a burp already excuse me they've both been like an hour and a half long podcast but like I if I really wanted to I could have fit it into like three hours right like I could have fit one three-hour podcast in and then we would have moved out of moved on with our day right but I kind of decided you know what? let's kind of take things slow Let's kind of cut off the podcast here and there. And I like the pace. It extends the podcast. It also makes things like really, really easy for me. But it's like I prepped for hours like this weekend on a lot of the subjects that we're going to be talking about over the next couple of hours and that we have talked about over the last couple of hours and the last couple of days. But it's like I prepped for today's podcast, yesterday's podcast and Monday's podcast but it's just like it's just weird how they kind of like 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 I can essentially extend like one day's worth of material into like three days. So that's kind of what I mean by like I didn't prep, but I also did. I prepped on the weekend and used the material from the weekend today. Unpause my music. Um, what do we got here? Um, I think we're gonna draft, not draft. Excuse me. Mock. Goodness gracious, I can't speak English today. Uh, we're going to wrap up some some more draft subject matter, some free agency deals. We're going to be talking about some teams here and there. I, I'm i hoping that I can peace out in like an hour, to be honest with you, because I, I got like, I got some stuff to do. 24's podcast, ladies and gentlemen, coming up right here. Very short. My mind is racing faster every minute. Awesome, awesome stuff by Goldfinger, Superman. It's the Tony Hawk pro skater video game song that everybody should know. Um, So listen, I'm back once again for a very, very, very long, or not long, but like late podcast, I would assume. I don't like to have these like uberly late podcasts, but like, like literally all I did today was just get caught up in my reading right I made the same mistake that I had made in the last two days where I had had like you know where I had, I, I talk about like ideas and philosophies and stuff like that sometimes on the podcast and one like thing idea that's a concept is something called the sunken cost fallacy where essentially you just make bad mistakes because you make bad mistakes so in my um in my particular case I had um delayed reading Anna Corinna and um to like you know midnight and things of that nature and instead of making like one fucking good decision and just being like you know what let's buckle down and let's read this bitch I um I decided you know what I'm uh I'm gonna watch Parks and Rec yeah and I did that for like two days straight so now I'm uh I'm not gonna do that at all (laughs) like I'm gonna I I like literally I fuck, I kid you not, I literally spent a good, like, four hours reading today and just getting caught up with the book, 
because of just like how fucking far behind I was with um with Anna Karenina that I was like cool I gotta like really really catch up with the book so I just spent a good four hours reading it this afternoon um I'm essentially all caught up I literally just have to finish off like a pretty reasonable amount that should take maybe an hour or two hour and a half maybe hopefully no longer than an hour and a half so I'm hoping like I can it's it's already past midnight it's almost one o'clock in the morning so I'm hoping to be like done by like three and it kind of sucks because it's like I also wanted to watch shameless hall of shame the lip episode because I didn't realize that lip had an episode I was like they did Fiona after lip I was like lips like one of my favorite characters like, like lip is one of the best characters and he was like the third episode on that on uh on the hall of shame and i was like well looks like uh i gotta fucking i gotta fucking buckle down and like literally spend an hour and a half but once i fucking spend an hour and a half it's 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 done it's fucking gone it's like cool i fucking i'm done it's like i'm back on track i'm back on schedule and then it's like tomorrow i should be one day away from fucking finishing this book like, but it all fringes on tonight. And if I get it done tonight, I'll be golden. And I'll have, like, completed and read, like, literally one of the hard, Not one of, but, like, literally the hardest book I've ever read in my entire life. Like, literally, if I get it done tonight, it's, like, cool. So, but I do have, like, an hour's worth of material. We'll kind of get through it. We'll peace out. We'll still have a good time. We'll still have a good podcast. But, um... Kind of like one of the things that I wanted to talk about in the last couple of days. Let me just make sure I'm not like behind on anything super, super relevant. I don't even know what this is. I have like some older clips from other TV shows and stuff like that. I don't know what some of these clips are if I'm like 1000% if I'm honest with you. Like one, for example, is of um, is of like a GM talking about something oh and then i was gonna fucking eviscerate mark jackson let me kind of start off with mark jackson so about a week ago and i've been sitting on this for a week and i just haven't gotten to it maybe not a week ago maybe like a couple of days ago really so about a couple of days ago mark jackson comes out and he says i still want to coach in the nba i still want to do all that uh, there's this narrative and things of that nature that's out to get me. It's out to get me. I'm I'm a victim in all this, guys. And and like and like people have been bringing up like his past, and it's a pretty bad past as well. We'll kind of get into it. It's actually worse than I initially thought. I thought he was just like a guy who didn't like the gays. I'm just kidding. I thought he was like a guy that just didn't like gay people, but um, no, he's he's like even deeper than that. He's he's a fucking moron. He's a fucking moron. Now, um, before people want to bring out the whole Christian card and get triggered over being Christians and whatever, it's like I just have to, um, I just have to preface this by saying I'm a Christian. I pray literally every single day in the morning. I read my Bible every single day. I read a chapter of my Bible. I'm in the Book of Genesis. I think I'm on chapter 11 or 12. I'm reading about Noah's descendants. I can't like like I can't really give you great details about Noah's descendants because literally it was just uh, it was just like it, it was like 11, 12, 13. It was somewhere around there where they were talking about Noah's descendants and the ark 
and um, how Noah had like had a bunch of how his sons had had a bunch of kids and the Bible was detailing their descendants before Genesis. Ironically enough, I read Revelations, which was about like the play, which is essentially about like seven different plagues that are going to enrapture the earth at some point in time. And how essentially if like like if you're a Christian, you'll survive. Like I, I read the Bible. I'm a Christian. Right. I don't sound like it, but I don't. But I find like. I, like my religion isn't a, a big part of who I am as a person, even though it kind of is. It's not like I let it show off or let it show like how big of a part it is. It's a big part, but it's also like not the only part, I guess. It, like I like this isn't a religious podcast. You know what I'm saying? This is a sports and video gaming podcast. So I want to get that out of the way before anyone's like, you're not a Christian. You don't understand. It's like I've been a Christian all my life. I was a Baptist and a Methodist, and now I'm just non-denominational. Like I'm, I'm pretty... Like, I, I probably read my Bible more than the majority of people read in their entire... Like, I've probably read my Bible more in the last couple of years than the majority of people do in their entire lives. So, I just want to preface that. <clears throat> um, anyways, so Mark Jackson, the story that we left off about a couple of months ago, and I read this article and I was just like, I can't believe this guy is even asking the question of why he doesn't have a job in the NFL or in the NBA anymore. And where we left off the story was essentially he um, he didn't want to work or he apparently didn't want to work with um, gay people. He had a problem with people being gay. He like I get like like he was praying for people who were gay in the sense of like he was trying to convert them from being gay and stuff like that. So just not necessarily an all around good dude. Uh, not necessarily the person that and. To preface this as well, one of the high-ranking executives within the Golden State Warriors was gay as well, or is gay, excuse me. I don't know if he's still on the team, but back then he was. He was on the team, so I I, I don't know if he's not. So I was kind of coming from that perspective of it's like, oh, he's a little bit intolerable. Like, can you imagine if a guy was like, you know what, uh, I won't work with black people. Uh, I think black people are... Or, or I'm praying for all black people to become like Latino or white or whatever. Like, like I mean, that's kind of what Mark Jackson essentially said, even though like he's not going to preface it that way. So then um, I constantly heard people talking about, well, it's his religious beliefs. It's his religious beliefs. I made the mistake of saying it wasn't. It 1,000% was. Um, <clears throat> so it's probably the gay stuff. And then on top of that, it's what we're going to look at here today, which is fucking insane. It's like, I don't know how this motherfucker thinks that he can have a job in professional sports and be a fucking moron the way that he is. He's an absolute dipshit, believes in like snake oil and does dumbass shit. We'll get into it. Let me give you this, um, this direct quote from him. <clears throat> so he was on... This podcast with Rich Kleeman. I think that's how you say his last name. And the direct quote was, when you make a statement and say, I force folks to come to church, are you kidding me? What sense does that make? Never in my life have I forced people to go to church. Now, a little bit of context. Mark Jackson or Mark, yeah, Mark Jackson is a actual priest. Like he's a priest. He has his whole, you know, he, he has a church. Uh, a lot of Warriors players went to that church, and I don't know if that is actually true, if he forced players to go to church for him, but um, it doesn't matter. 
and I kind of, kind of, I'm starting to lean towards maybe he lightly suggested, hey, come to my church and stuff like that. But it's beyond just like, hey, uh, come to my church or whatever. It's believing in snake oil and not proven medicine. Uh, so he continues to go forward and say, first of all, Steph Curry believes if, hey, hold on, I have to read this quote and his English is worse than mine, which is saying something because I speak English pretty badly. First of all, Steph Curry believes if his if he goes to God in prayer, he will be healed from his ankle issues. Steph Curry b- himself believes that. So therefore, if it did happen or if it didn't happen, at the end of the day, he's healed. And I thank God that he's healed and went on to become one of the truly greatest players in this game, a superstar and a class act. This guy's a fucking moron. So he said this recently, and um, apparently he's not very intelligent because Steph Curry has had consistent ankle injuries for the last 10 years. Like he has had specific ankle braces within his shoes, the Curry's. His shoes, the Curry's, they are specifically designed to support his ankles, and then he has additional ankle support within the uh, the shoes, and he still has ankle injuries and ankle issues as well. It's not like he's healed, which this whole, like, like I cringe sometimes whenever Christians talk about healing and stuff like that and not, like, going all along with, like, proven medicine, where it's like, like, literally, he's like, if he believes that he's healed, he's healed. And it's like, well, that won't stop him from limping up and down the football, not the football, the, the basketball court, uh, because he has a sprained ankle. It's like, 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 he's not healed. He's hurt. He has chronic ankle issues. And he probably will for the rest of his life. Like, he's not healed at all. If he was healed, he would never, he wouldn't have to do all the shit that he has to do to protect his ankles. Like, that's, no, that's not correct. At all. And then he, like, the the dumb quote is, Steph Curry himself believes that. So, so therefore, if it did happen or if it didn't happen, at the end of the day, he's healed. What do you mean? Like, he literally, like, I I, I can microanalyze specific words, but it's like, if it didn't happen, it didn't happen. He's not healed. Like, oh, my God. But, like... That's kind of the, the, the tip of the iceberg, the start of his dumbass uh, 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 stupidity, I would say. I'm trying to find the direct quote. Oh, this article doesn't have it, so now I have to go to a different article. Do you have the article? This is actually six days ago, so I've been holding on to this for a pretty long period of time. Oh, boom, this one does. This one does. And it has, like, the passage from the book as well that details uh, Mark Jackson's stupidity with his players, specifically um, Stephen Curry. So, continuing forward, and by the way, this whole, like, he didn't force players to go to his um, church thing, I I don't know if that's true or not, but it's it's starting to look like, at the very least, players were incentivized to go to his church, I would assume. How many quotes are there? Hold on. Mm-mm-mm. Shout out to CBSSports.com. They have actually a pretty Brad Botkin. Pretty fantastic read on it. I'll give you some of the quotes from the book. But here's kind of the meat and the potatoes of what I wanted to read you uh, read to you today about Mark Jackson and his 
stupidity on the Golden State Warriors. This is a passage from the book Golden, the Miraculous Rise of Stephen Curry. A part of the tradition at Jackson's church was a spirited service, including worshipers jogging along the walls of the congregation in praise. Now, once again, I've been, I'm black, so I've been to like black bath, Baptist church churches. I've been to mega churches. I ain't ever heard of shit like this before in my entire life, where it's like people apparently are jogging along the walls of the congregation in praise. I've heard like people like get up and scream in the spirit and all that good stuff and be like taken by religion. But, um, that sounded weird, but like, you know what I mean? Like if you're a Christian and you've seen people like, you know, like, um, like, like, like be become really emotional. If you've gone to like a Baptist church or whatever, uh, like you've seen people become like really, really like imbued with the spirit and of God and stuff like that. And they start to just become really, really passionate and happy and thankful and like, but I've never seen people get up out of the pew and then start jogging along the walls of the congregation and of the chapel and of the church. And then I have, I don't think I've ever heard of, of that being like a ritual. Like you, like you do that all the time. I don't think I've ever heard that before in my entire life. And I've been to like small churches. I've been to mega church. I've never heard of this in my entire life. So this seems to me like some weird Christian fanaticism that Mark Jackson employs at his church. Continuing forward. Curry two days removed from his latest sprain. And this is back in like, uh, like the early 2010s. This is maybe around 2011, 12, 13 around there. So this is Curry coming off of a sprain injury. Like, not not of a sprain injury, like he's healed, but like literally coming off of spraining his ankle, right? Curry, two days removed from his latest sprain, found himself taking laps with Jackson and the other members filled with the spirit. Then after Jackson's sermon, his wife and co-pastor Desiree, or yeah, Desiree, continued the worship with an impromptu sermon and benediction. She also called Curry to the altar. Now, um, again, whatever you want to do religious-wise is your own business, but uh, he has a sprained ankle. And last time I checked, you don't have magical healing powers. So Steph Curry should sit his ass down in the pew because you're not, you know, you don't have medical abilities. You can't perform miracles. You know, as much as people believe that they do that are Christians, it's like you, you can't unless you're imbued with God and the power of God. I don't want to make this like a like a religious podcast, but you know what I mean. It's like way too many people say they have healing powers. I'm very skeptical. Like way too many people say they have healing powers and they don't. So it's like this seems to be one of those situations where they're like, yeah, like we have healing powers. He, he's healed. His ankle injuries are healed. And it's like he's had consistent injury issues specifically with his ankles for the last 10 years. So whatever you gave him apparently didn't work, but also made it worse. Thank you, Desiree and Mark Jackson, for making Stephen Curry's ankles about as stable and as strong as uh, wet paper. Continuing forward with the article. They took off his shoes, and this is again after he had a sprained ankle. Like, not after, but like literally days coming off of a sprained, uh, of spraining his ankle. They took off his shoes and his socks and anointed his ankle with oil and prayed for healing. Literally putting snake oil on his ankle. The, I can't say the same, what is this? Parishioners? 
Parishioners? What is this? I've never heard of this. Maybe it's because I haven't had, like, formal training in Christianity and stuff like that. What is this? What is this word? An inhabitant of a parish, especially one. What's a par What is this? Who goes to a local, to a particular local church. Okay. A parish. A parishioner or whatever, however you say that. So somebody who goes to a church. The parishioners lifted their voices and chants and amens, calling on God to bless one of his Christian ambassadors. Service at Jackson's church was much more passionate and engaging than Curry was used to back in Charlotte. Charlotte is in the South. I I mean, does he not? Didn't he not go to a Baptist church? I, I mean, he's black. His, his mom's black. His dad's black. I, I would assume they would go to a black church. I don't know. But he humbly accepted the blessing that was being offered and returned to his seat with a smile on his face. And remember, he has a sprained ankle, so he's probably on fucking crutches or... Like, he shouldn't be fucking walking. He should be sitting down and all that good stuff. But the fact that they had it, like, the, like they said, come to the altar instead of, like, going to him. It's like, he's in, he's in pain. Like, I can tell you a bajillion stories in Matthew, Mark, and John of, like, Jesus going to the sick and healing the sick. And, but apparently they, you know, they're, they're better than Jesus. They're like, Steph, come here. Come to us on a sprained ankle. Come to us. We can't walk our asses over to you during a, during a church sermon. Continuing forward. Um, this is a quote from Desiree, the co-pastor, the wife of Mark Jackson. Where are you going? Desiree asked the star point guard in front of the congregation. Curry responded with his go-to look of bewild bewilderment, a half smile, and widened eyes. He thought he was supposed to return back among the flock when she was done. She says, you don't get a blessing from, from the Lord and just walk off. Again, I can give you a bunch of stories in the Bible where that literally happened. Show us, then she says, show us you believe in the power of God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. These fucking psychopaths. It took Curry a second to understand what she meant. Then the old Bible stories rushed to his mind, like when Jesus healed the lame men at the pool of Bethesda. That man had to pick up his mat and walk. If he believed he was healed, he needed to show it. So Curry started shimming and hopping on his right foot, much to the delight of the congregation. This is a quote from Curry. I didn't know what else to do. Mm. Mm -mm. interesting All right Stephen Curry your star player one of the best basketball players in the NBA right now um, for some weird reason injured is not for some weird reason injured excuse me but while injured for some weird reason his pastor slash head coach apparently was like hey uh, you know um hobble around around the congregation and it's like I don't necessarily know how big this church is but if this is like you know a church from a head coach in the NBA I would assume it's a pretty big congregation and I mean like the fact that he had to like do that as a basketball player and that he could have potentially have like severely injured his right ankle is pretty fucking bad like it, it literally it's just like it's just like 
one of the weirdest things that, and, and again, a lot of pro football athletes are Christians. Like I have to mention that, like the majority of pro football athletes are Christians. They're not atheists. They're Christians. It just depends on the denomination, the denomination, excuse me. But it's like, it's weird to me that a head coach, like Frank Wright is a head coach. I'm pretty sure the majority of the Colts don't go to his church, right? Like they have their own church to go to. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I don't know. It, it is weird that for some weird reason, Stephen Curry doesn't have his own church in, you know, Oakland or whatever, and he doesn't go to that or I don't know. But this narrative that, you know, like he didn't force his players to go to church. Well, it's like you, you force Stephen Curry on a sprained ankle to hobble around your congregation or your church. Uh, proving that he's healed when he obviously was not healed because if he was healed, he wouldn't be hobbling around on one foot. Now, would he? So much for your miraculous healing powers. And then there's, like, other stuff within the article. We'll get into it as well, I think. I Like, like I don't know if this is going to be directly quoted. We may be kind of running over the exact same stuff. But apparently, like, Mark Jackson ostracized Festus Azil, Azili. I think that's what his name is. Um, while he was hurt, apparently he just likes to go after guys who are hurt. Um, he ostracized him by essentially telling the team that he was rooting, uh, Festus Azili was rooting against the team um, during either the playoffs or the regular season while he was hurt for some unknown reason. Continuing forward with the article where they quote the book again. I first interviewed Mark Jackson about 20 games into last season for a piece about Golden State's massive improvement on defense. Jackson went out of his way to point out, unsolicited and on the record, that it would be wrong to publicly credit any single assistant coach for the team's transformation. It was a weird, and this is a direct quote from the author of the book back in 2017, by the way, just so we're clear on this. It was a weird thing to say unprompted. My first window into Jackson's personality, a strange brew of uh, braggadocio, inspiration, and insecurity. That personality ultimately cost jo Jackson his job in Golden State, despite a near-unprecedented run of on-court success for one of the league's sad sack franchises. Because remember, I didn't even know what, that the Golden State Warriors existed until Steve Kerr. Uh, continuing forward, there are some on-court issues, but Jackson and his staff did a nice job with this roster. They are gone, mostly because the environment in Golden State became toxic. Continuing forward, the Warriors in the last six weeks, this is in a, this is referencing a 2014 article when uh, Mark Jackson was still the head coach of the basketball team. The Warriors in the last six weeks demoted one assistant and fired another. And ESPN.com's Chris Bouchard today reported that the team fired Darren Erman after learning Erman had recorded at least one coach's meeting. Multiple league sources confirmed the gist of Broussard's report. And that Erman was concerned Mark Jackson and other coaches loyal to Jackson were insulting Erman to other players behind Erman's back. The team had no choice but to fire Ehrman. However, the front office is fond of Ehrman and was upset at having to let him go, according to multiple sources familiar with the matter. The Ehrman firing and emotion of Brian, I cannot say this guy's last name, Scala, Scalabrine, I think that's how you say his last name, Scalabrine, have raised tensions throughout the Warriors organization. 
Jackson made a show of firing Scalabrine in front of players and other coaches, but he had no real grounds. And the front office made Jackson find a compromise, per a source familiar with the matter demoting Scalabrine to the D-League. In addition, Jackson has asked that Jerry West, a high-level advisor in Golden State, not attend most practices and team activities, sources say. Before going forward, like, Jerry West, the logo, like, one of the best basketball players of all time, also one of the best GMs right now. I think he's the GM for the Clippers, but he also was, like, the GM for, like, the Warriors as well. Like, he was a really, really awesome GM. Um, or, or, or he still is a really, really awesome GM. I, I don't know if he's a GM with the Clippers. I think he may have like a less GM role. He may kind of be a, in the backburn of that. But I mean, he's just a really, really great basketball executive as well as a basketball player. Shout out to Jerry West. And the fact that like Mark Jackson was like, I'm better than Jerry West. Don't allow the GM to attend, to attend the, um, uh, or, or, or high ranking executive to attend practice. And it's like, what, what? Continuing forward, the tension with Erman got weird. Midseason, the team moved Erman's parking spot to a less convenient place, likely at the behest of Jackson or one of Jackson's allies on the staff, per multiple sources familiar with the matter. They began changing his duties in strange ways. The atmosphere has bordered on poisonous. You know, I never believe a guy that doesn't have a dark side to him. You know, and it's like, this is the whole, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And then it's like, oh, wait, he kind of has a shitty side to him, like a really, really bad side. I th- like, like I have a bad side to myself, but it's pretty obvious and it's not that bad. And I always like don't hide it that much. But it's like the fact that like Mark Jackson is this like Chris is the, this pastor and he and, he, you know, he, like like what he just did to like uh, Scalabrine in Ermin didn't seem necessarily very Christian to me. Just saying. It's like it's fun that you it's it's fun, the hypocrisy that people uh, have when, when, you know, when it's convenient for them, I guess. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Jackson couldn't, this is a direct quote from Joe Lake of the owner of the Warriors. Jackson couldn't get along with anybody else in the organization. And look, he did a great job and I'll always compliment him in many respects, but you can't have 200 people in the organization not like you. Continuing forward, um, this is Jarrett Jack. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, he's just talking about Mark Jackson. Okay, blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. This is actually a direct quote from the article that pulls all of this information. Once again, shout out to CBS Sports and what's his name? Brad Botkin. Let me read you this other part of the article here. This is a direct quote from the author of the article, Brad Botkin. Uh, There are, however, a lot of people who take the opposite stance, and this is in reference to him being a good head coach, who would tell you that addition to all the drama he created off the court, the Stephen Curry thing, talking about how um, Festus uh, Alizi or Azili was rooting against the team, when they were in the regular season or in the playoffs, how he had ostracized certain executives within the team and certain coaches and things of that nature, like all that other stuff. And then the article goes on to say, there are, however, a lot of people who, uh, there are, however, a lot of other people who take 
the opposite stance in the sense of him being a good coach. In this case, he would be a bad coach. He would tell you that in addition to all the drama he created off the coach, Jackson's teams relative to the wealth of talent Jackson had at his disposal underachieved. It's a case with real merit. Consider that under Jackson, the Warriors were the number 12th ranked offense in each of the two years preceding his firing, and Steve Kerr's first season with virtually the same roster, they jumped to number two offensively while winning 16 more regular season games in the franchise's first championship in 40 years. That's 1,000% true, true, excuse me. Uh, He was a good, like, jumping off point, like he built the team, but there's no way they would have won a championship with Mark Jackson. Like... The Warriors have had a stupid amount of sex, success, sex, oh my god, success in the last, like, ten years, specifically really five, where they make, like, going to championships and winning championships, make, they make it look like child's play, but um, the reality is they weren't anywhere close to this success with Mark Jackson at head coach. Like, that's the reality. Like, nobody cared about the Warriors, nobody cared about the rebrand, Nobody cared about, you know, Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and all these other players. Nobody cared because they were bad. Maybe not bad, but they were underachievers. I couldn't tell you who the Warriors were. Like, if you told me back in 2014 when the San Antonio Spurs had won the, um, the, uh, the nat- like, you know, I was about to say the national championship, but the NBA Finals, and you asked me, hey, who's the Warriors? Uh, I would have shrugged my shoulders and been like, I don't know. Continuing forward, this is a quote from a former Golden State official. If Mark had stayed as head coach, there's a real chance the Warriors never would have won a championship. And then we would still be sitting here today saying a jump shooting team can't win a title. In the end, nobody can say for sure whether the Warriors would have reached championship heights, let alone dynastic heights, dynasty heights. Uh, had Jackson been allowed to finish what he started what we can say for sure is a lot of coaches have blown first opportunities only to get second and third opportunities all over the league the Warriors were Jackson's first shot at coaching he was on a rookie contract essentially when we look at rookie players we do so with an assumption even an expectation that they will be in a state of continual growth but for whatever reason we tend to view coaches as finished products from the start for the most part, because they are like if you're like like Mark Jackson about ten years ago was forty five. For the most part, he's the same guy, coach wise. Uh, Jackson has seven years in the broadcaster booth to watch the way the best teams are operating. Considering his broadcasts, I mute, and considering like how boring and monotonous his broadcasts are, I wouldn't necessarily say seven years in the booth is a good thing for him. He seems to not be able to understand the concepts that the Warriors are bringing to the table, which is like a gigantic red flag that he doesn't understand it because it's like, I don't think if he was on a bat, he would probably, he would, he would get destroyed. He would get destroyed. Continuing forward in his private moments, you would hope there has been significant reflection on his time in golden state, the good and the bad Jackson was beloved for allowing his players, particularly Curry, the opportunity to learn through their mistakes, apply those lessons and become better for the process. I'll say this is this, Mark Jackson, yeah. I'll say this. This is from the Climbing Pro- Podcast. This is Mark Jackson talking. I'll say this. In my life, you know, you've given me credit, and I appreciate it, and not just as a coach, but as a basketball player, as a father, as a husband, whatever it is, I haven't been perfect. I've made mistakes, and that's part of living. I agree. 
So when you ask about the Warriors, we made the playoffs one time in 19 years prior to me getting there. You then go from a team in a lockout shortened season winning 23 games to now a team that all of a sudden wins 48, I believe, and is a playoff team. And then the next year, the third year, wins 51 and is a playoff team. I didn't do that. We did it. Ownership, management, my coaching staff, and most importantly, without a doubt, the players buying in and being committed. We did that. I'm incredibly blessed. Blah, 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 blah. He just goes on talking about how lucky he is and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, he's a psychopath. He's a fucking psychopath. I don't understand why people are like, I don't understand why he doesn't have a job. It's like, because he sucks as a head coach. And he's fucking insane. He is in fucking sane, this motherfucker. I wouldn't trust... I, I wouldn't trust this guy. Like, this guy is denying medicine and going out and being like, yeah, uh, we're going to just <clears throat> not follow what doctors are telling us to do and we're just going to fucking just do dumbass shit. And it's just like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Oh, Jesus Christ. This guy's fucking insane. Oh, God. Anyways, I, like last week, I think I said like I um I stopped sleeping on this like comforter because it was like I don't know what I don't know what was wrong with it or why I stopped doing it. I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe it was just because I was like trying to do something different or whatever. And um, I got these like massive headaches in the last couple of days. And um, I, I was talking about it actually on the podcast. I was like, I don't know why I have such like massive headaches, but I do. And I had then decided, you know what, I'm just going to put my shit back the way I had it. And it worked. <laughs> it's like all my headaches stopped for the most part. I'm like, I don't have these disturbingly massive headaches. And it's like, you know what I fucking came to realize I need, I definitely need a new fucking bed or a new like mattress. The mattress that I sleep on is like hard as rocks. It's one of those warm mattresses as well that's supposed to be fucking warm. And I'm I'm a warm body. Like, I'm a guy, so my body is, like, naturally warm. And it's like, it sucks to sleep on that thing in the summer. It fucking slept, sucks to sleep on it. It's, like, one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever sleep, slept on in my entire life. Like, my college dorm room mattress, which is one of those shitty, cheap mattresses, had like like, that was more comfortable to sleep on than the mattress that I'm sleeping on right now. And it's like, I need more. I need a better mattress. But, like, mattresses cost, like, a fuck ton of money. And it's like, I don't want to... I don't want to spend a lot of money on a mattress. I don't know. But it's like, goodness gracious. Like, I have to put, like, two pieces of padding on it for me to sleep on and not have, like, disturbing headaches on it. Like, there, it's just not soft. It's hard. Like, I've slept on, like, spring mattresses where you can feel the fucking springs on them. And even they have, like, soft spots on them. Like, they have soft ridges on them. And you can find those soft spots and, like, move around your body. And they're comfortable. And it's like, this mattress, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with it. It just fucking, it just fucking sucks. Oh, my God. But, yeah, like, I don't know why I'm complaining about it. It's just, I'm super annoyed with, like, <clears throat> would just like my mattress right now because I'm like, I'm going to have to like sleep on it again tonight. So anyways, 
what else do we got on deck? I have this, like, Bleacher Report of, like, overrated players and stuff like that and how, like, Dak was, like, one of the overrated players. I think it was, like, number two overall. And then I was like, this is kind of clickbaity. Like, some stuff I just kind of, like, don't really care about. And I'm like, that's kind of just dumb. And I was going to, like, go into detail about it and things of that nature. But I also kind of wanted to change gears and talk about the Cowboys at linebacker. I went on this rant earlier this week talking about the Dallas Cowboys. And I kind of wanted to, like, talk about this article because it links the uh, – some of the – can I, like, check this out? Does he have any more visual aids? It links to the Athletics Bob Shrum's article where he was – where essentially he, like um, – he was, like, looking at, like, um, at film of – wow, he tweets out a lot. Really? Like, how much is he gonna tweet out? Tweet about this? Like, I have to go all the way. I'm gonna be scrolling for like a hot minute because, like, this guy tweets out a lot, and I have to go from like February all the way to like December or not December, but like January to get the uh, the tweets that I'm going to be referencing here. So, at the end of the season, the regular season for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh wait, no. Wait, 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 is this it? Okay, wait. No, he retweeted something from December. Okay. Um, but, like, at the end of the, the season for the Dallas Cowboys, Jalen Smith, holy shit, I just looked at how many tweets this guy has. He has, like, 181,000 tweets. Like, goodness gracious, this is, he, he tweeted out like a motherfucker. So, um, essentially, Bob Shrum... Um, Bob Strom, or not Bob Strom, excuse me, but like Jalen Smith had like, um, had said at the end of the season, he had said, you know, if you don't believe how much I contribute to the team, just watch my tape or something ridiculous like that. So Bob Strom, a writer for the athletic took him up on his offer. And he's like, Oh, you want me to watch your tape? Cool. So he saw Jalen just looking like an absolute donut out there and looking dazed and confused and um, looking and acting as if he had no idea what he was doing because he had no idea what he was doing, and he just straight up exposed him. And that article is locked behind a athletic paywall or the athletics paywall, and I can't fucking like access it because of just you know you have to pay money to access it, and I'm not gonna pay money to access it. So I was like, okay, um, I can't ever reference this article. I'm gonna have to kind of go without it. And lo and behold, here he is, like about a month after the article was, um, was released, um, somebody from who, who's, what's the site blogging the boys, somebody from blogging the boys, uh, links the article or key parts of the article within the article itself or not the article itself. Excuse me. He like linked Bob Strum's tweets in the article, um, showing off Jalen's inability to play the position of linebacker, and I kind of want to reference some of those tweets. <clears throat> oh. Showing first and foremost, how do, how does this? Like, I thought Jane Slater spent a lot of time on Twitter and, like, Ian Rappaport. How how much, like, how much does Ian Rappaport tweet out? 
This guy tweets out, like, he has 145,000 tweets. This is Ian Rappaport, who, like, tweets out every single day. And, like, Bob Strum has, like, 181. And it's, like, I remember I was watching, I was, like, on Phil McClain's, like, timeline. That dude tweets out a lot. But it's, like, it's, like, a bunch of retweets. And, and Bob Strom also does, like, retreating as well. But it's, like, he actually has, like, legitimate tweets where he, like, tweets out, like, legitimate things as well. But it's, like, holy smokes, man, does he tweet out like a motherfucker. He tweets out so much, I literally, like, I think I broke scrolling on Twitter. Like, I just, that was a waste of time. Like, I literally can't scroll anymore can i scroll down yeah i can't access his tweets past january 26 because it's like twitter's broken that was kind of a waste of time unfortunately i'm literally trying to get to like uh, literally a little bit over a month ago and he just his timeline is just filled with shit so the article in question was detailing like Leighton and jalen and how bad they are a linebacker they're really really bad like um it's obvious jalen doesn't watch tape or film at all like the first play that they that Bob Strum has of Jalen Smith Jalen Smith linebacker of the Dallas Cowboys first play he just like he gets he just gets deceived by play action he just like gets deceived by play action and he doesn't understand like whether or not Russell Wilson or the running back has the ball and I remember like ironically enough I was like watching Darius Leonard break down like how he was able to read a screenplay and he was talking about like how the running back was like flat-footed and and how um the defensive lineman his defensive lineman like the edge rusher and the defensive tackle they had gotten this like free release off of uh his offensive line or off the offensive lineman because they were going out to the edge and Darius Leonard had recognized oh that's way too good to be true this is a screen so he just instead of trying to rush the passer or staying in the middle of the field he just went to the uh to the edge and uh and had and he was kind of in like a trailing position in the in the offensive lineman didn't account for him and I mean he got into the backfield and got a really really nice tackle for a loss and he recognized all that stuff and then meanwhile it's like I'm watching Jalen Smith tape right now via Bob Strom and it's just like Jalen plays a lot of hero ball and he gets deceived like super easily like he doesn't have the ability to make the plays like I feel like he thinks that he's Darius Leonard in the sense of like he thinks that he's seeing something that isn't there and he's like just reading the defense and reading or not reading the defense but like reading the offense and reading and it's just like sometimes if he just like stayed in position instead of trying to like make a play like he, like certain plays wouldn't be made I, I like I don't necessarily know the, the you know how to play the linebacker position because I'm not necessarily a technical guy on it but, like, on some of these plays, it just looks like if he just stayed where he was inside, instead of, like, trying to play. Not play, but, like, instead of trying to, like, make a play. If he just, like, stood where he was at and just didn't get moved. I feel like he wouldn't, like, have some of the issues. Like, this this play that he's showing with, like, Bob Strum and the Cardinals. Jalen just needs to stay in the middle of the field and stay in the middle of the field. Because, like, like um, Xavier Woods is shooting the gap trying to get into the backfield. And the running back is like he's shooting the gap between the the the, uh, the center and the right guard. He's shooting that gap. He's not being blocked because the center. Uh, no, 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 no. 
Like the center is gonna engage is gonna go to the second level level and like move Jalen, right? The guard, the left guard is gonna go on the nose tackle, and the right guard is gonna go on the three tech, and then Demarcus Lawrence is gonna be on the uh, the right tackle. And so nobody's gonna uh, hit the safety coming down and and uh, and trying to get to the backfield. And Xavier Woods does get to the backfield. The issue is right if Jalen. <clears throat> if Jalen just stays where the fuck he is, right? In the sense of in the middle of the field, instead of like trying to close the gap or not trying to close the gap, excuse me, but instead of trying to shoot the gap, um, then Donovan, uh, Donovan Wilson would have lit the running back up because like literally Donovan Wilson is in perfect position to light this guy up and the running back would have nowhere to go. He couldn't be able, he wouldn't be able to cut to the left because there's a lot of traffic over there on the defensive line on the left. There's a lot of bodies there. He wouldn't be able to go to the right because Jalen is over there on the right. And if he just goes through the gap, that's where Donovan Wilson is. So if he stays where he is, if Jalen just stays where he is, like, like he wouldn't be able to cut back to the right side of the field to the middle and then just take it in for, I think, a touchdown because Donovan Wilson is in the box and he's waiting to for the running back to get there. But because Jalen Smith literally just gets out of position and on top of that gets moved, the running back just has to kind of stutter step and wait for the hole to get open, wait for the center to work on Jalen, and then, boop, he's out. And then Donovan Wilson gets lost in the sauce. Donovan Wilson is actually in perfect position. This play isn't on Donovan. This is, like, solely on Jalen. And it's, like, literally if Jalen was just like, yeah, I'm just going to stay here, I'm just going to stay here. And the thing is... Donovan is in perfect position. Like I said it once, I'll say it. Perfect position. Perfect fucking position. And he even goes, he recognizes where he's supposed to go. And he and like it's supposed to be Jalen and Xavier Woods going up and engaging the center. But Jalen is like, I gotta, I gotta go where the running back is instead of doing his job. And it's like, I watched the play literally within milliseconds of the ball being snapped. Donovan Wilson isn't trying to get to the backfield or shoot the gap. He's just like, I got to stay here. I got to read my game. I just got to stay here. The ball's coming my way. I can make a play. The uh, the linebacker, 48, is also with me as well. We've got this side covered. Jalen, just cover the other side, and we'll be golden. And what does Jalen do? He, he fucking, first and foremost, gets moved out of position. And second of all, uh, he moves out of position, and then everybody just gets lost in the soft and then, sauce and then – Fucking Kenyon Drake just runs through the entirety of Dallas's defense. He has another visual aid as well. One against the Washington football team. Is this play action? Um, yeah. And he just gets lost. He just gets lost. It's like, like he literally, like, I don't know what J, like, I don't know what Jalen is doing. Is it like I'm again? I'm not a football aficionado, right? But Jalen, right now, they're in nickel, right? They're in nickel. They have like one, two, three, four, and then like probably somewhere five like DBs. They like the, the, I can't see their fifth DB, right? How many is this? Four, four. Yeah, like they're missing one player, one defensive player. I'm assuming Trevon Diggs is. I got a burp. Excuse me like outside with somebody I don't know where he is but I'm assuming he's like outside right and they're in nickel they don't have another linebacker on the field 
And in like in this case, right, I would assume that Jalen would be because he's playing the Mike linebacker position, I would assume Jalen would be kind of the guy that would be in coverage, right? And he would let his like defensive line kind of just handle the offensive line and make sure nothing kind of happens over the middle of the field. That's kind of what his responsibility seems, right? Like that that's what his job it would be, right? Not necessarily to make a play on the quarterback, but maybe maybe to like stay where he is and like like stay in pass pro or stay in stay stay in the middle of the field, I guess. I don't necessarily know defensive schemes, so excuse me if I'm wrong on this. But the way that the play and the defense is kind of yeah, there's yeah, the, yeah, they're in nickel. But the way that the defense kind of looks like is that they're in like a coverage concept. And because of that, it looks like Jalen doesn't necessarily need to rush the passer. It kind of looks like all he needs to do is just stay where he is in the middle of the field and kind of just like like just make sure that he's not out of position and out of place, I guess is like the best way to describe it. This is a run play. This is play action, by the way. Maybe not play action, excuse me. This is a running play. Uh, like the reason why I say play action is that like I'm fooled by how Jalen is fooled. Like he thinks that it's play action and he runs after Taylor Heineke completely just getting himself out of position. And like the reality is it's a run play. So Jalen is like reading the backfield and he first and foremost reads the backfield completely incorrectly. Yeah. Yeah. There he goes. Yeah. And it's like, that's his man. And it's like, there's this gigantic. And and the thing is, right. He just doesn't trust his defensive line because the offensive line shifts over to the right. And Demarcus Lawrence he, like, gets chipped a little. He doesn't even get ch- chipped. Like, he, DeMarcus Lawrence is also reading the backfield. This is all on Jalen. DeMarcus Lawrence is reading the backfield. And because DeMarcus is reading the backfield, it's like, if this is play action, he's going to blow up Taylor Heineke on this play. DeMarcus Lawrence is in perfect position on this play. And Jalen, the thing is, because he bites on the play fake, it's kind of like one pass away help. That's the concept that it reminds me of in basketball. If you don't know what that is, Essentially, what that means is it's one pass away help. It's where you double team somebody unnecessarily. And that double team leads to somebody being wide open and you give and the help is one pass away. Where instead of you trying to like find the mismatch on these, um, on these, uh, where you're trying to like swing the ball on the perimeter, trying to find the guy that is open and the defense has to be like really, really on its keys and has to switch properly and, things of that nature, like instead of trying to find the the open man by passing on the perimeter and passing on the inside because you're being double teamed, the pass is just one pass away help. I mean, it's just, the pass is one, the guy that's open, excuse me, is one pass away in basketball because of just like, because the defense like put two guys on the perimeter um, uh, and they just double teamed one guy and, it, and now it becomes like one pass away help. It's not somebody on the weak side. It's somebody on the strong side. It's somebody that you can account for, and it should be just like bang, bang. It should be like, oh, they're double teaming me, bang. I just get it out to somebody who's like super, super close to me, right? This reminds me of that, where it's like the defense is overcommitting on Taylor Heineke or number eight. I don't know who that is. I don't know if that's Kyle Smith or whatever his name is. Kyle Allen. I don't know. I got Alex Smith and Kyle Allen confused for like one player. It's Kyle Smith. Damn it, Kyle Allen. But it looks like Jalen is just like, it's like, no, like if they're running to the right, then trust that DeMarcus Lawrence will blow up um, uh, uh, 
Taylor Heineke or Kyle Allen on the on the left. It's like, but Jalen just gets out of position, and he's just like, and he's nowhere involved. And the thing is, the defensive line, they contain him. There's nowhere to go. And Jordan Lewis even like goes to the edge because that's where he's supposed to go. Layton, like uh, Layton, uh, Lay- Layton's gonna get blocked by this um, by this offensive lineman. But it leaves Jalen one-on-one with, with the running back. And it's like, where's Jalen? Where's Jalen? Where's Waldo? Where he is? And then it's like, boom. Like, the offensive lineman engages with Leighton. And um, the running back just has a free, just like, alleyway to the end zone. And I think they score a touchdown on this play. And it's just like, like, Jalen is just out of position. Like, severely out of position. Like, to the point where it's just, like, not even close. Here's another play, and it's on Washington again. What's the what's the play? Okay, shoot the gap. Bang. Okay, he's just out of position. I think the entire defense... What happened on this play? Oh, okay, okay. He was just late to getting to the outside because he broke contain. Because Don Terry Poe or Alden, not Alden, um, Antoine Woods was being double teamed by the center and by the guard. And Jalen needed to recognize that he's about to break contain. And he does. And Jalen engages with the center. Okay, I understand what he's trying to show me. He's showing me that, like, <clears throat> Jalen needed to have gotten to the edge because Donovan Wilson is kind of the midfielder, like the deep midfielder. And as long as he doesn't break contain, like they're gonna get a, a like a big chunk play here, but at least he went. Like I don't I don't know what he's trying to show me, but it, like it looks like Jalen is showing that, or he's showing me that Jalen shot shot up the middle of the field instead of trying to contain the edge, and then uh, just traffic happens and uh, like uh, like defensive coverage breakdowns and things of that nature, and it's just uh, it, it's just bad. It's just it's just bad by Jalen and the defense. Jalen, he shows another play of Jalen um, having a free free rush against Lamar. They run play action against the Cowboys. This is the Ravens now instead of Washington. And um, Jalen is reading the running back. He he's just he's just not being responsible for the running back or not the running back for Lamar. Because there's just no way that he's making this play. Like, at some point, you just have to cover who you're supposed to cover. Like, the ball is going to the opposite side of the field, right? There's just no way that you're making this play if it's a run play. And Jalen just needs to recognize, okay, I'm supposed to be guarding Lamar. And he just doesn't. And he hesitates because he's like, cool. Like, I think the ball is going to Mark Ingram. And that hesitation causes Lamar to just roll out to his right, and I think just, yep, take off, because he's Lamar Jackson. Jalen does make the tackle, but it's like 10 yards downfield. <laughs> so, another play, or is this the exact same play? Yeah, this is the exact same play. Just cover Lamar. That's your man. And then he's like, well, the running back has it. Nope, the quarterback has it. And it's just like, it, it goes, like, beyond watching tape. It's just, like, just be responsible for who you're supposed to be responsible for. And that's kind of it. And he also plays, like, a bunch of different positions on the, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, like, at the linebacker position. 
And it's like he plays all of them really, really badly. He play he like he talks about being Mike, being the Mike, and being the um you know, <clears throat> uh being like the signal caller and stuff like that, and how that's like his most natural position. I don't know. He plays all the positions like kind of bad. So this is against the 49ers. Yeah, he just bites on the fake. <sighs> then Raheem Morster breaks contain. I don't know if he actually could have and should have been involved in this play. Oh, yeah, I see where he's John. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they motion Kyle Juszczyk in the backfield pre-snap. And once he's like, Almost in an I formation, they hike the ball. And then it's like, it's a pitch play to Raheem Morstert in the backfield. And I mean, at that point, Jalen is just out of the play. That's actually kind of just good play design and play calling more than like Jalen Smith being dumb and making a mistake. What is this? Oh, I know what this is. I know what this is. So yeah, like... <clears throat> Jalen Smith. Um, I don't know. Like, annoyingly, annoyingly irresponsible player. At least in my opinion. So then, we, um, I, at least I had this, like, little article, or not even article. It was like this, um, I was, I, like, it was this, um, it was this thing with Mike Tannenbaum. It was him. It was like him talking about Odell Beckham Jr. And like potentially a trade with him, right? Odell Beckham Jr. being not a free agent this year, but like probably one of the, you know, the cap casualties of the Browns where they're probably going to move off of him. They're probably, I got a burp. Excuse me. They're probably saying about, Odell, they're like, well, you know, Odell, he's a casualty. He is, um, he's not necessarily, like, he's not necessarily, like, he he's hurt all the time. We went to the playoffs without him. We won a playoff game without him. We almost beat the Chiefs without him. Like, if we don't, like, we could probably get another draft pick that could, that could essentially last longer than he could and play longer and things of that nature. But Odell, Mike Tannenbaum had a really, really, really interesting suggestion with him where essentially he would be going to like the Bucks, and the Bucks wouldn't re-sign Chris Godwin. And that would be an upgrade for the Bucks. I could not agree more. And, you know, shout out to David Hellman. He brought this up on the Cowboys break today, technically yesterday on Wednesday. Brought this up. He was like, listen, um, Tom Brady just did what LeBron James always does. He went to a new team, and he brought all of his guys on that new team. And then that new team had a lot of success early on. And then bada-bing, bada-boom, you have other players wanting to get in on that new team thing, right? And I think that's Odell Beckham Jr. as well. I think Odell Beckham Jr. is like, I always wanted to play with Tom. Like, you always hear, like, he wanted to go to, uh, to New England and with Tom Brady. And people are like, oh, man, he can't play there. He can't play for X team. He gets out of control and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, look at Antonio Brown. Uh, literally one of the worst wide receivers personality-wise in the NFL. And he fucking bought in day one, week one. 
And it's like, I was looking at Odell's numbers, especially with the Browns. And I also looked at like some of his games. He hasn't slowed down at all. Like he's just been fucking hurt. And it's weird to say that because usually a guy when he's fucking hurt does slow down. Uh Uh-uh. Like his yards per catch are still like up there when he was with, uh, with the Giants. In some cases, better. Like, he just hasn't had the touchdowns that he had of, like, years of of yore, you know? Where he had, like, 10 touchdowns in 2016, 13 and 15, and, like, 12 in 2014. And then he hasn't had a double-digit touchdown season ever again. But, yeah, he's, like, an extremely productive wide receiver. He just fucking gets hurt, man. And it's, like, I look at Odell, Odell excuse me, and it's, like, I mean, not only is he an upgrade, he's a massive upgrade. And it's like, he's like a better version of Mike Evans. I mean, I mean, like he's, he's technically not as big as strong as Mike Evans. But what was his like combine speed? He runs like, he's stupidly fast too, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know what he tested at the combine. Maybe like 4-3 or something like that. But it was stupid how fast he ran. I can't remember how fast he did. What was this? What was this? Forty. It's four four three. It was, but he runs so damn fast in games. It's stupid. I mean, four four three is kind of booking it actually. And he's an awesome route runner, and he has great hands. Like he is, he is, he is like the Randy Moss two point like I think I think Randy Moss is like 12,000 yards like Odell in like 7 years has that. He has like maybe not has that but he has like 6,000 yards less than that, right? Like Randy Moss had like 12k yards, right? Pretty sure. I mean obviously it's not one to one. Obviously he's not like, you know, like Odell Beckham Jr isn't Randy Moss in the sense of like Randy Moss. Yeah, he had no 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 no. Oh my god, he had 15,000 yards. No, he's not catching Randy Moss. Never mind. But it's like my point is like he like Odell Beckham Jr. at this point in his tenure with the Browns, I think is a really, really successful or not with the Browns, but like as a wide receiver, I think he is still an incredibly successful wide out and an incredibly productive, even with the injuries. And it's like it's obvious that something is going on with Baker and Odell in the sense of just like they cannot garner any rapport with one another but oh my gosh dude like Odell and like Tom Brady yikes yikes dude that is a yiker and like Mike Evans and Antonio Brown hell like why not even throw in Julian Edelman there in there as well why not why not isn't Julian Edelman like a free agent soon if I'm not mistaken If I'm not mistaken, let me kind of, I hate, I hate over the caps. Um, I hate his, I, not the, his, excuse me. I hate their, like, um, <clears throat> their fucking website because I was like typing in Tom Brady's name into like an advertisement and uh, like to find like somebody, like one of those like advertisements where it's like, check if your schoolmate is a prisoner or whatever. 
it's like it's one of those advertisements and it's like i didn't realize that it was like <clears throat> i didn't realize like it wasn't a part of the website i thought that it was anyways um julian edelman is um ba -ba 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 -ba. julian edelman is an is a free agent after this season his base salary is like six million or seven million. Yeah, it's six point one million. His cap salary is like six point one million. And he has like a twenty one million dollar contract. His contract is over with. He's like thirty five, right? Yep. Thirty five. How many yards does Edelman have? Only like two thousand yard wide three thousand yard wide receiving years. And then he had a really, really down year. He had 15 yards per catch. Oh, Cam. Like, now I'm interested in just, like, statistics in, in, in general. I really needed to be better statistically-wise this year, but I just wasn't on the up and up. Wow. I was, like, one of his best years, statistically speaking, when it came to, like, yards per catch. Like, Odell Beckham Jr. in reference hasn't had, like, a season like that, like, ever, by the way. Maybe not ever, but, like, yeah, maybe ever. It's like, yikes, dude. Yikes. Touchdown machine, though. He had zero touchdowns last year. He goes from, like, 6 6 3 7 4 6 3 to, like, 0 in 2020. Again, Cam Newton. Um, he, wow, his, like, it, Cam is just terrible. Like, he goes from being, like, this uberly productive and uberly targeted wide receiver who has, like, 100 receptions for, like, 1,100 yards to having, like, 21 receptions, 315 yards, and, like, zero touchdowns. It's like, <sighs> God. And then it's like you hear the Patriots are, like, thinking about bringing back Cam Newton, which I think they may do because it's like, like, I mean, I, like, they, they were going to start Jarrett Stidham. I mean, they're lost at quarterback right now. But it's like, yikes, dude. I'm going to have nightmares about Cam Newton being the quarterback for the Patriots again, if he is. Which, again, starting to look like he is. <clears throat> um, Let's move on. There's, like, some news about the Steelers today. I couldn't care less. <laughs> I could not care less. Jane Slater, she posted something about the Dallas Cowboys a couple of days ago talking about how, like, Tyron Smith is already, like, his rehab is going pretty successfully. Also, Leo Collins is fine as well. She also, like, said something that was refuted or somebody refuted. I, I don't know. Like, Dallas insiders, they get a whole bunch of information from other people. I don't know. I don't know. Already talked about the salary cap situation. Let me talk about Carolina in a couple of minutes. Oh, yeah. Um, don't believe Mike Florio. Like, this is a long time coming. I haven't talked about this. This is like over a week, almost two weeks old. I've really taken my sweet-ass time talking about this. Don't believe Mike Florio, man. Like, my, Mike Florio is one of the only insiders that I just avoid like the plague when it comes to to him talking about anything. Cause I mean, his conclusions and his information is just bad. 
Like, apparently, Russell Wilson was in contract talks with the Dallas Cowboys, according to him, which I don't believe at all. Mike Fisher is like, I don't believe that at all. I haven't heard anything out of the star, out of the Dallas Cowboys at all. And Mike Fisher is like insider 101. Not 101, but like he's persona non grata when it comes to insider information about the Dallas Cowboys. And if he doesn't hear anything, it's not likely, but definitely not true. It's like I listen to Mike Florio talking about, not even listen, but I like see people quoting Mike Florio and I'm like, he's not an insider that you can actually fucking trust. And it's just like, I just don't, like, I literally stopped watching Chris Sims because of Mike Florio, because I'm like, I just cannot trust this guy at all. And I just don't even like listening to anything that Mike Florio has to say to the point where I'm just like, yeah, I'm done with Mike Florio. I just can't fucking, I don't know, like listen to even Chris Sims talk. That's how much I just like cannot stand Mike Florio. But then it's like, I also was reading this article a couple of weeks ago about Deshaun Watson and how Carolina is like really trying to make a, um, a play for him, by the way, shout out to Carolina because they also are like, apparently they're also trying to make a big splash play for him as well. Right. So with, um, with Deshaun Watson in Carolina, I constantly talk about it with Carolina and how they've shown their hand, right? Like whether like like they're in the Deshaun what they've they've also like it's obvious that they're that they want a quarterback and it's obvious that they're trying to get Deshaun Watson. And um when I like when I like watch Carolina, this is like they've cata- they've they've choreographed what they're trying to do. They're trying to get a quarterback, right? Whether that's Deshaun, whether that's somebody in the draft, whoever it is, they're trying to get a quarterback, right? Because they've cleared up cap space. And um, Teddy Bridgewater is pissed off. He's doing the whole Deshaun Watson thing, ironically enough, because that's who they're targeting. And he's pissed off, right? Uh, Carolina doesn't care. They're like, you're bad. We got to get somebody who actually is better. So when it comes to the Carolina Panthers, the reason why I say it's like, it's like the reason why I even mentioned that, yeah, they've shown their hand. They've choreographed, excuse me, their intentions. The reason why I say that that's like uberly important is because they're not drafting a corner at number eight or nine. I think I think they're drafting at number eight. And I think that's super important to tell and super important to like analyze because a lot of people right now, like if I were probably to go into a mock draft right now. Let me kind of just pull up a mock draft here from the draft network. As the page takes forever to load. I'm assuming they have the Carolina Panthers taking a corner. Right? No, they have them taking Kyle Pitts. That doesn't make any sense to me. But, like, in the majority of mock drafts I've seen, they they have, like, the majority of people have Carolina taking a corner or something weird like that, I guess. And I've seen it be mocked way too, I like, regardless of that mock draft, I've seen it be mocked way too much to, like, ignore what's been going on with the mock drafts and things of that nature. But 
in like the case of like Carolina, right, <clears throat> and their mock draft and them like getting a corner and things of that nature, it's like, like I don't think they are gonna get a corner. I don't think it, like I don't think they're gonna get Kyle Pitts. Like I I think they unless they have Deshaun Watson in hand, I think they are getting a quarterback. I think they're and the quarterback could be Trey Lance or Mac Jones or whomever. I think they're done with Bridgewater. I don't think that Matt Rule and Jake Tapper are juiced up about I got a burp. Excuse me, are juiced up about um about Teddy Bridgewater. I think they're sick of him a year after they signed him and they're like, "Dude, we actually have to get a real fucking quarterback." Can we, for the love of Christ, get a real fucking quarterback? And they're like, yes, we're we're going to have to do it. We're going to have to fucking go get one. And we're going to have to be, like, kind of okay with the results. Maybe in the draft. Maybe we get somebody in the draft. Maybe we have to fucking move up, to be honest with you. Maybe we're going to have to trade with Miami. Because Miami, if they want an offensive weapon, whether it's Rashawn Slayer, Slater, excuse me, Pania Sewell, whether it's um, uh, Devontae, Devontae Smith probably isn't going to be there. Definitely isn't going to be there. But, for example, is Jalen Waddle potentially going to be there? Absolutely. Is Kyle Pitts going to be there? Absolutely. <clears throat> and then they're going to get, like, another first-round draft pick and maybe, like, more comp or something like that. But they're going to get, like, players that they would want if they were to trade back whether it is another offensive player or it is a, you know, a, like like uh, like another player in general. You know, it is what it is. However, like Carolina to me is obvious. Like they're they're gonna in free agency look for a quarterback. I wouldn't be surprised if like to be honest with you, if like Dallas tags Dak that like that they don't call Dallas and are like two first. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Speaking of Dallas and Dak Prescott, um, there's already like reports coming out with Dak and things of that nature when it comes to like contract negotiations and franchise tags. And I'm just like, I, I, I like, I'm so sick of talking about it. And it's like already just the, the whole like misinformation campaign is already starting to, to happen where it's like people just are like, are like, I don't want to say getting things wrong, but they're more along the lines of like having conflicting reports. Some people say that like I remember Jane Slater saying that it's close or that they're that it's that the negotiations are close. But then other people are like it's far away. And it's just like, I don't know, man, like at this point, the negotiations don't matter how close they are. Dak has all the power. So it's like it doesn't it, it, like I could give a fuck what the Cowboys do. Um, the reality is, is that the Cowboys are fucked in the sense of like. They need Dak Prescott more than he needs them, and he can just go off and piss off in, in free agency and, and, and actually, like, sign with a team that would actually want to pay for him. And the thing that irks me about the Dallas Cowboys is that, like, like, um, like everybody's like, oh, man, like, you can't sign Dak, but we can tag him and give him, like, $38 million in guaranteed salary and, um, and fucking move on from there, right? But um, but we can't sign him, but we can give him $38 million in guaranteed cap cap space. And, um, oh, man, it's just so annoying. It's just so annoying to fucking talk about Dak and the contracts. And it's just like there's way more nuance to the whole situation. And I don't think anyone understands it, like, 
at all. Ah, oh, God. Anyways, um, what else do I have for you today? I think I'm, for the most part, over and done with this episode of the podcast. I think I talked about everything that I want to talk about, for the most part. By the way, I watched this fu- these, these two guys, where are they from? Dude, I don't know where these guys are from. I don't know where these guys are from. But it's like they're probably from like some like like they're they're in a jungle. They're, the YouTube channel is called Jungle Survival. And they're in this like jungle. And they have these like machetes almost. And they're just like hacking away at dirt, building all of these like complex underground structures. And it's like, I cannot believe this is, like, an actual fucking thing. Like, he literally built almost this temple out of literal dirt. And he's, like, literally throwing dirt out of, like, the temple that he built. And it's just, like, this underground hut that he carved. I shit you not. Literally fucking carved out of dirt that you can fucking live in. And I, and it's, like, it's weird because it's like like whenever you see these like huts and stuff like that you would be like oh man it's a hut you would never want to live there like like i i cannot describe how nice <laughs> how nice this hut looks or not it's it's not even a hut it's like this underground like like he describes it as like this underground tomb house and i cannot describe how awesome this fucking place looks goodness gracious and it's like i'm i'm like a fucking child where i just like i just don't i mean it's just awesome and i think he even built a well and he like covered it up with like dirt and stuff like that and like leaves he covered the roof he like put branches and like shrubbery and stuff like that on top to like make it make it kind of like make a a makeshift roof and then he put mud on top of it and then he like clotted it with like dirt and leaves and stuff like that so that way it's fully covered up so that way it's like if it rains there's nothing there's no rain and stuff like that and he literally like it's a well and he also made like a well too this is like one of the most fascinating things i've ever seen in my entire life I'm like, how does he get down there? Does he just like, yeah, he just literally just jumps into the well of water and he goes into, he swims, right? Because he like literally, oh my God, that's disgusting. First and foremost, because that's where he like cleans himself. The well is where he cleans himself. But he like literally, like the well is connected to the underground tomb that he made. And it's like, it's insulated. The only way in and out is through the well, the tunnel that he dug with the well. And it's like, this is like the most ingenious thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's like in some third world country that I, 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 I don't know where it's from, but it's just like the, in, the ingenuity of this is like aspirational to me. I have never seen anything like this in my entire life. 
I just got recommended that in my feed, and I was like, I gotta fucking talk about it. Apparently, they just go around whatever country they live in, just making, just making these like uh, these these uh, these amazing structures, and I was like, that is, that's awesome. <laughs> Is that all I want to talk about? Yeah. I probably have some other stuff to talk about in my journal. I'll probably get into it on Friday. Tomorrow, we'll be talking about video games and things of that nature. I'm not really going to force it with the NBA. I'm not covering college basketball because I could care less about college basketball. But I'm not going to force it with the NBA and stuff like that. I'll just kind of... I'll kind of just wait until, like all the NBA NFL stuff is kind of over and done with, which to be honest with you may be until like April. Hold on. I accidentally unplugged my monitor. It may be done until like April. So I don't really know. Um, we'll kind of see. We'll see what happens. Anything else I want to talk about? Anything of like note? That's kind of like on topic. I definitely have other things to talk about, but it's like, yeah, yeah, I'll save some of this stuff for next podcast. Did I play any music? Yeah, I played Superman's Superman, Goldfinger Superman. Yeah, I, I also don't want to like, like some stuff is just like reactionary stuff and I don't even want to talk about it. Like that's how exhausted I am with some of this stuff, but some stuff I do, but you know, we'll see. I like freaking answered emails like literally on last podcast. I got a confirmation that, yeah, one of my episodes is being pulled. Um, but I've not gotten an email back in like a day. So I'm going to have to call these people or go to customer service or something like that. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's not Drake's song. Again, it's Big Crit. It's like it's Big Crit's energy. And it's like considering how much copyrighted music I play. On this podcast, I'm kind of surprised that they don't detect more copyrighted music, but I'm not going to make, I'm not going to fix their mistakes for them. It's their job, not mine. I'll be back um, tomorrow, hopefully not as late. I really got it. Like, I really, like, I am so tempted. The temptation of, like, doing the wrong shit is, like, so high that, like, literally I'm just going to, like, turn off my computer and, like, go over to my desk where I read put in some vinyl and like spend the next hour reading Anna Karina. Cause I'm just like, I'm tired and I'm over it. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. Um, I was about to say, do I want to upload this podcast and then read? I'll yeah, I'll do that. I'll see you tomorrow. No outro music. I am tired and I saving my energy for the next hour and a half of reading 25 pages. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.